Welcome to the Girl Gang Conversations, a podcast that's all about connection, sisterhood, and having conversations that matter. I'm your host, Sarah Stars, and every week I speak to inspiring women about the nitty-gritty of how they live with passion and purpose. We dive deep into our journeys, the obstacles we've overcome, our dreams, what's working for us, and what isn't. We're totally honest about what we're learning, what our daily rituals look like, and what we're struggling with. We don't shy away from the hard stuff, and we really go into it all. Spirituality, personal development, magic, routines, career, friendship, relationships, sexuality, and so much more. The most powerful two words in the English language are, me too, and it's my hope that these conversations help us all feel less alone. This isn't about preachy self-help or self-improvement. It's about self-acceptance and talking about the things that matter to us. Hello, and welcome to The Girl Gang Conversations, episode 92. You can access all of the show notes for this episode at Sarah Stars, that's S-T-A-R-R-S, sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 92. And as you've probably gotten used to, this episode was pre-recorded before my maternity leave. Today's interview is with Bernadette Pleasant. Bernadette is the creator of FEM, a fusion of sensual movement, dance, meditation, creative visualization, and celebration of the feminine form. FEM, as designed, creates sacred, safe spaces for women to explore their femininity, to move in sensual ways, to explore and release emotions, to alter or release beliefs about themselves, and to unapologetically love their bodies. Bernadette was such a fun person to talk to, and this episode is full of juicy goodness. We dove into why people live half-assed emotional lives and how to stop, the power of drumming and how it helps us to reach other levels of our psyche, and the wisdom we can access through our bodies. Hey, Bernadette, how are you? Hi there, Sarah. I'm great. And you? I'm really well, thank you. Really looking forward to chatting with you today. And the way that I love to get to know people before we kind of dive into your journey and your work and all the cool stuff that you're about is just to ask you about a typical day in your life. And I know that that doesn't really exist for almost anyone anymore, but are there any routines or rituals that anchor your day? <laughs> this is so funny. Um, thanks for asking. I, um, I... I, I have to laugh when I hear this because I was uh, reading something recently and it said, what is the first thing you do in the morning? And I thought, oh, no, this is not going to be a good answer. My first answer was I play dead so my husband walks the dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, I'm not moving because if I move first, then I have to walk the dog. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, but uh, a typical day for me, is to actually I usually wake up very curious about the day so I'm very excited. I'm not a morning person so I don't I don't wake up with that blast. I never understood that. I always think that from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. I am so your girl but you don't want me before or after that. Mm-hmm. Um but a typical day is um waking up I do this kind of yummy stretch thing to get out of bed. It's it's very slow. It's very sexy, um, and it's about feeling into my body. Um, it's 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 great to watch. My husband often says, but um, but quite honestly, it is just something that wakes me up. I'm 
very much embodied. So it's a way of checking in with my body. How am I feeling today? Am I stiff? Where am I feeling anything? Um, and it looks pretty good, actually, but it feels even better. Um, I get my day started with intentions, and uh, that has been a real driving force for me, and I've noticed a big difference to have an intention uh, set in the morning. And even if the intention, like today, is to be open and curious, um, uh, that tends to set the mood just off my bedroom is what I call my Zen room. It's, uh, it's, it's a room that is surrounded on three sides by windows. So I see outdoors and I have a massive bean bag out there and my altar, um, which I, I, I managed to get out there about two days a week, to be honest with you. My intent is every day, but that doesn't happen. Um, and I just spend a little time quiet out there. Um, and and then I just I get into my day. Um, I, I I have an office uh, downstairs on the first floor of the house, but I have sort of made my bedroom my my office my bed anyway. So I just I often do work from my favorite place, which is propped up in bed with laptop. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I like it. I mean, seriously, I, I've read that it should be a separate space, but I honestly get a lot done in this in this space and it works very well for me yeah I've had this conversation a couple times on the podcast because it goes against kind of all the productivity advice and even against that kind of like wellness and sex advice but it's such a lovely place and if it makes you feel good and you can get stuff done there I don't see the problem it doesn't stop me from wanting to have sex there and sleep there too exactly yeah I can do everything right here yeah (laughs) and I um and I do like the whole I I get it I get it you know separate spaces and the whole thing and that works but you know this works for me as well and so I I do one of the things that I do appreciate about the way I live is being flexible and checking in and seeing what feels good to me yeah absolutely um so will you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to create fat so I love tell, talking about how Fem came about because it was very organic. It, it was not, I want to teach this movement thing. That was not my plan. I love movement. I love to dance. And I, in my own healing um, through trauma, um, I found, and it, it, I found that while working through therapy, while working, um, doing other things for years, which, which were incredible and needed, where I found my most freedom was when I was dancing, when I was at the club. And um, I, I love to dance. And so I would go to different types of clubs, and um, hip-hop, salsa, uh, um, just a, a wide range of movement. And and take classes here and there, um, just fun classes that I'd love to drop into. But what I found is when I was around percussive music, specifically um, uh, drums and percussions, there was something that would happen internally. It felt Mm -hmm. like a high. And I always felt so good after or cleansed um uh and 
what I started doing um, was learning to teach other modalities, um, and they were wonderful. Um, but I, I, there was something about when I would be on those dance floors carried by that live music. There was something that happened, it was some kind of release uh, that I just didn't get in other types of movements where I was trying to do something right, mm-hmm. um, follow a, a leader. Um, it was fun and it was good and it did all kinds of great stuff. But but it, it what I found is there was something about being able to do emotional work. There was some combination. It was different from fun and dancing. Um, it, there was some other thing that happened for me. And I started to look at that. And I started very slowly to allow myself to think about the possibilities of creating something that did this. And um, and I really came up against some very interesting um, challenges, which were really uh, quite wonderful. Uh, for example, FEM is a 90-minute experience, whereas when people think of going to a dance class or Zumba, it, it is, it's an hour. It's an hour. And that mindset is set. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I can steal time, it is the hour. And and FEM is 90 minutes, and I'm, and I say because you're worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and that some things just take a little more time. And so rather than try to make this smaller, um, you know, to, to conform, I just thought, well, no, I, that's not okay because of its healing, um, what's capable in it. So I, so it was very organic. It was my own healing process and seeing what I wanted to share with others. And, and I slowly won step at a time created this thing and I wanted to hide onto some other umbrellas. I wanted to do someone else's work. Um, and I was kind of looking for it. I was searching around and going to everything with my, I always say like with my umbilical cord, looking to just plug into somebody else's thing. And that wasn't it for me. It was really to just create this body of work, which I've done. I love that, and there's so much of it that I'd like to dive into, so I guess maybe the most logical place to start is what, you know, FEMA seems like it's such a journey, and there's such important components that are part of every class that you teach, so what can people expect if they attend a FEM class? In a FEM class, we, we go on a wave, and what I do there is we start the class, often my classes start in silence. And I do that intentionally because I want to make the 90 minutes count. And I find that one of one of my pet peeves and one of the things that um, I've noticed in classes are that it's hard to get people to ground. Mm. And I find that if they are told outside the door that we are going to enter this sanctuary, um, that it the, the the mindset starts right there. Um, so I, I have members of the class come in. Often the drums are playing, um, 
and I use the drums. We'll we'll talk about the drums because uh, they are are just they're just amazing. Um, but the, um, to come in and and fill the space, feel the space that we're going to call home for ninety minutes, and to um, and and I invite I encourage people to move around, to touch the floors, the walls, to roll around. Doesn't matter. Make a mess of this, but to stretch and wake up to this space to just like you wake up in the morning in a stretch um, to just wake up to this space, this womb that we are creating here. And um, the music changes a bit. I, oh, I often start with a hugging exercise and I do that for connection, for, for real meaningful connection and for people to feel uh, one another to touch another human being and um, and then we, we roll into movement and the movement is very I do guide them through a, about a five to seven minute movement and it's it's slow it is to warm their bodies up because the drums are going to pick up in pace and speed and I don't want anyone to injure themselves so I want them to um, get warmed up and uh, and we then move into what is called the emotional tour. Um, this is unique to FEM, and I created the emotional tour. Uh, I have the various emotions set up in uh, an order, and the order is to take care of people energetically. Uh, the reason why I call it a tour is because we don't get stuck in any one emotion. But it is my firm belief that there are no good or bad, light or dark emotions, only emotions that need to be expressed. So uh, we'll often start with joy. Um, and we're in, we're in these for a few moments. And, and the room just kind of lights up. I, ask, I invite people to to move what joy feels and sounds like. My classes are very loud. Uh, <laughs> the drums play to support what joy is. Um, we sometimes throw pillows out onto the floor because people like things to play with. And, um, and, and it's just like being kids. What does joy feel like in your body? And I'm supporting them. You know, What would it feel like if you won the lottery? How would you act? How would you sound? And it is really... Um, a, a place to run and play and roll on the floor, whatever feels good, but to to allow yourself to have this. Uh, um, after a couple of minutes, joy is exhausting, I can tell you that. Um, and and for some people who can't get there, it's fine. I ask them to imagine if you've ever seen someone who looked like they were experiencing joy, what did they look like? Just conjured that feeling um, or that vision for movement. Uh, and sound, because I, I, I want to encourage the sounds of excitement and joy. Uh, we move to grief. Uh, we move to rage. At, during rage, I pull out bats. We, I often set up uh, these cushion massage table things, like for beating, just to really get that out. Um, okay. And and so that uh, we we then move to lust. Uh, and then confidence, and we. I usually end on something fun, like like, like flirt. 
Um, what I believe happens, what I've seen happen, as children, we flow through these emotions without stopping. Uh, something makes us happy, we're ex- kids are ecstatic. Uh, something makes them sad, they drop into tears. They don't give a damn. They just go there. Uh, if, and and uh, if, if you're, you know, if they're, whatever they're feeling, it's so in the moment. It's so immediate. And then as time goes on, they get shut down somewhere. Something happens where that's too much. You need to stop that. Um, you can't act like that. And And so we start to live half-ass emotional lives. Um, and that stems into joy even. Uh, mm-hmm. People will be happy about something, but you know their friends or whoever they want to share that with may be not going through such a good time, and therefore someone will cut off their joy so as not to appear too joyful. Um, or they, while they might want to run into a cartwheel because they're so fucking excited about something, that's 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 too much so the joy starts to get cut off um if you're angry about something you know road rage is crazy you can't do that but but just really expressing that you're pissed off about something um we we tend to take care of the other person by not letting that out so rage gets cut cut off lust you know sometimes you just want to fuck and it's primal. It is very natural. And But what comes off is this really watered-down, sexy kind of thing, which is not exactly lust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so in so many different ways, we uh, half-ass emotional lives start to be lived. And so the container that I create in them during the emotional tour is to literally just act out these emotions with gusto um, so that your body remembers how to play in this arena. And as a result, I believe, and I've, I get responses from students who, go, who take this class, is that they're, they're, they're willing to go a little further in these areas when they come up in life because here we play to them and those drums deeply support each of those emotions. Um, after the emotional tour, um, we, we do a, a non-dance activity, usually sharing about something, um, an article or, or it could be an uh, art project or just something very short and simple, but some beautiful group share um, or ritual. And then I end in a grounding guided meditation. And that's a fem experience. Wow, that's incredible. I think, you know, the idea of the emotional tour just seems so powerful to me. I was doing some research around trauma and the kind of um, physiological, like, process of emotions and how, how much we cut those off. You know, the emotions want to move and they want to be expressed and cycled and then they're kind of gone, right? Like you say with a kid, they can be, like, crying one minute then laughing and then crying and then sure. doing whatever. Um, but the fact that we kind of push all those things down creates trauma and blockages in the body and a really, you know, it sounds, it's, I used to think that people talked about that and it was totally woo-woo and there can be that element of it, but it's like a very yeah. real psychological, physiological process. Not that the more spiritual side of things isn't real, but anyway, 
which is that you can also read about it in a psychology textbook. So, but it, it just made me realize, like, when um, kind of unresolved emotions come to the surface or when new ones surface, like, especially rage and grief, that there's no acceptable places in our society really to express them. And I was trying to figure out ways of, like, how can I express anger when it comes up in my own life? Like, maybe not immediately in the moment if that's going to be right. really, you know, like, yelling my boss's face. Sure. But when I get home even, you know, we live in such close quarters these days where we probably have yeah. next door neighbors who might hear us screaming and is that, you know, going to be really upsetting for them and all of these thoughts that just like push those emotions further down. So I love the idea of the safe space for kind of acting out those emotions, but also kind of creating more space for them in your li- in people's lives when they go to femme. And I'm curious, I mean, it's so difficult to... So some of those emotions that we have more difficulty expressing and and joy is even one of them, like you said, but like, are there any practices outside of some class that you've found helpful in your life for like allowing yourself to be fully emotive when you need to be? Yeah, I, I, I do. And what I, one of the things that I do is, um, I create these playlists, um, Mm. um, which we'll, we'll be able to share with your audience. But on on Spotify, and and they are a an emotional tour, um, and sometimes just very specific because music speaks to me. I can't always have you know call in the drummers when I need <laughs> you know when I'm experiencing something. So, um, but to be able to go to that mood and allow myself to have it. So, what works for me in terms of emoting is outside the classroom is the permission that I give myself to have the emotion Mm -hmm. that in and of itself is huge Uh, because um, I'll speak for myself, but I think it applies to many. And that is I learn, I, we learn to shelf that thing. We learn to try to get over it and that does not work. Mm -hmm. It is, it is proven that that behavior does not work. It will come out sideways. It will come out being snarky and and sarcastic, bitter. Um, That's what happens when we neatly, attempt to neatly put emotion aside. Um, And so if I am feeling melancholy or... um, or angry about something, I I need to head on deal with it. That's where I've seen the very the the, the that's where I've seen allowing that um, work that's done in a femme experience come into my life. Uh, that um, inability to shelf it. Mm-hmm. which means having some real conversations um, that are uncomfortable sometimes, but staying committed to having the conversation and having an intention of coming out on the other side, not right, but ex- fully expressed, yeah. heard, seen. I, these things are necessary and really important. Um, if I'm happy about something, it's okay for me. I'm about to turn 52 years old. It's okay for me to act like a kid. Damn it, mm-hmm. I'm happy. And it's all right. It, and it's good 
to feel that way. And it's, it's actually contagious. It's contagious because others then want to experience that silliness that comes with feeling truly happy about something. And I love what you said about how emotions can kind of come out sideways because I think, you know, we think, oh, well, we're pushing that down and we, then yeah. it's gone. And the fact is you don't really get to get away with not expressing it somehow, but it could come out in really horrible ways like illness or like, yeah. you, you know, snapping out at the, the most inopportune times. Um, and that made, I really had a realization. I dug up all of this old emotional stuff. And I didn't like really fully realize why I was just so kind of irritable and intolerant. Like this, like the smallest thing could send me into a rage, like not having the right kind of pasta. And then realizing, yeah. oh, it's not about the pasta. Exactly. My like my body and my psyche needs me to emote something. And so okay, like it seems like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill if I think it's about the pasta. But if I actually just let myself slam the kitchen door and stop my feet and have that release because it's been expressed. Um, that was like a big aha moment for me rather than all of that judgment around like, what are you being angry about? And not even really needing to realize that what I was angry about, just needing to let it out. Absolutely. It is, it is so good and necessary to get that release out. You know, and I loved using the example of kids. uh, So, because because they're not carrying, I call it shit on your shoe. Like (laughs) there's no shit on the shoe because they've had the experience and they've moved on. They're not now dragging around, you know, this, this thing because they've tucked some feeling away. And so, but adults do, we, we do because there are so many areas where you, so many political correctness, is, um, I you know I can't shout at my boss. I can't call so and so an asshole. I can't do that. Um, um, but it is really necessary to, and I like to. I often, you know, and there's the physical. Yes, balling up one's fist, shaking fist. I'm a big fan of pillows. I, you know, maybe with neighbors nearby, you can't sound like you're murdering something, and you know, at <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah. But you can. What you can do with a pillow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. So many things with a pillow. Um, I, I just think, you know, to just lay your head on them and go to bed at night is really a waste of a good pillow um, because it is so good for your anger. It is so good for your lust. It's so good for your play. It, you know, it's just to, to really just take that that um, object. It, it works for me. Um, you know, you can do whatever you need to do. And, and I, I just think... I know that giving yourself that space to do that, um, it, it just, it, it, it opens up so much possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A good punch on a pillow can just create yeah. such a release. And I think it saves lives, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's one's own. So... I'd love to hear more about the kind of the role of drumming in fam. Like obviously there's something really primal, like you said, about that impact of, of drumming and lots of shamanic traditions use it to enter a, an altered trance state. So what do you think the power is in drumming and, and what does it bring to the fam experience? When I, when I was creating this, I thought, well, I could use drumming music. That certainly is, would, would be very cost effective. And I thought that was great because that was my my thinking mind. And meanwhile, my body does not does not respond the same way 
if I put on, and there are some fantastic um, music you can get that has beautiful drumming in it. But live drums is a whole nother experience. Live drums are used, you mentioned it in, uh, uh, they create, they bypass that thinking. Mm. And that's where, and that's another thing about the film experience. Um, There's such beautiful minds out there. We all have brilliant minds and they keep us locked away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep us safe. They keep us small. They're, they're designed that way. And they're just, you know, uh, but drums sort of bypass that and get to the core. And that's why FEM is not a dance class because I'm not teaching anyone to dance. What I want them to do is move emotion through their body so everyone's unique way of moving and sounding can be gotten to by using the drum. The drums, they're the heart. They get right in to our life force and they speak to that. Mm. And yes, it does create a trance-like state so often after class. We, after the emotional tour, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, we, I create a drum circle where the drummers come in and each person um, moves for, um, I don't know, about 30 seconds, depending on how excited they are, to, to the drums just with them. And it's, it's great to do that after the emotional tour because it's just this whatever your body needs to release. And I've seen people stand around, I don't know how to do this, and, they, or, and that's the mind, that's the mind. And they get surrounded by these drummers and they lose their shit. And it is the most beautiful thing to see because it's, it's abandoned. It, you know, it's just that primal, wild Thing. There's no right or wrong. It is just allowing yourself to be moved. Um, so it doesn't matter what it looks like, what, uh, what release and freedom in the body look like. Is It, it brings tears to my eyes to see that kind of, of uh, it's kind of, I don't, I don't know what to call it. It's, 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 it's like watching a miracle. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it, it, I get emotional because it is just a phenomenon to see someone, uh, you just get lost in that. And, um, and only drums can do that. <laughs> and yeah. so that's why they're so key. Um, the healing, it, it's, it's, it's a healing device. It really is. My drummer's generally are playing djembe drums, which uh, are a West African drum. And the reason why we use djembes is because they can strap them on and walk and, and drum. So often during parts of the class, the drummers, while they're in a particular station, they will get up and start to move through the class. It's hard to do that with congas and different other larger drums. So that's why we use djembes. Um, uh, in my bigger workshops, I'll do a mixture of different kinds of, of drums, um, but they are all African-based drums because of that trance-like state 
that comes from them. So that's that's why I use them. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gorgeous. Um, so you mentioned, you know, your morning routine of um, this kind of sensual stretching and checking in with your body. And I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more about the kind of wisdom that you access from having this connection with your body every day. And maybe if it's something that you've shared online, is there is there somewhere we can check out what your stretching routine is like? Oh, I, I may have to have that ready for you. I can, that'd be great to, to show that because what I find is moving my body, our bodies, they're they're so intuitive and they are truly just just miraculous factories we have going on here and um I I I love how I'm kind of doing this move as I'm talking to you <laughs> like rolling around here um but checking checking in with her letting my body do you how, do I feel safe um uh i i'm i enjoy touch and so my arms are rolling up against one another and it's it's very sensual it's, it's very snake like and it it feels good and it's it's really just touch and taking notice um of every curve of uh and i i like to feel um, like I'll use the, my wrist or the inside of my forearm to rub against my face or, or breast, chest, belly, as opposed to fingertips all the time, just feeling the nuances by by stroking with another part of the body than the norm. Really checking in with your body. Um, we're, we're like scientists here, and it's, um it, it it would be very easy to to just go and do we um without being aware and or having body awareness um asking my body what do i want to eat today i may have a plan i may know that you know the it's time to have the eggs before they go but do i really want oatmeal Mm-hmm. Uh, um, do I want to take a shower or a bath? Do I, you know, just asking, um, having a relationship with my body is really important to me and to be more in the feeling and responding to that as opposed to the the doing. Uh, you know, I, I could say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get up and take a shower uh, and and have the eggs, and that's fine. Where it would have felt far better to me, um, you, you know, to, to to take a take a bath and have the oatmeal because that's that's what would make me happy in this moment. And then the rest of my day is better because I'm checking in. So that stretching is about checking in, feeling, acknowledging. Um, my body in its entirety because there's no part of my body that I'd like to be without. 
And so I'm, I just don't want to ignore her. She has a lot to say. She, she sends me lots of messages and um, I'm in tune to them because I'm in tune to her. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's almost counter to a lot of the advice out there about having kind of set routines and plans for your day. But for me too, like having that connection and following that guidance of what's going to feel good, like it makes the entire energy of my day feel more joyful and in alignment and flowy and like the whole, the whole of life feels easier, even though we think like, okay, we're supposed to stick with the routine and like have a plan. Um, yeah, that's quite a masculine construct that doesn't necessarily work yeah. for everyone. It really is. And I do like checking in, really. Like, what would I like to do next? Um, you know, uh, what would feel good to me? Um, uh, and, and that's not to say there aren't, you know, we have a to-do list. There are things to get through. We are very have very busy lives. But I do think it is imp- not only important, but... Uh, like we're taking great care of ourselves getting through our to-dos but to do them in a pleasurable way um, and to do them to bring our full selves to them um, within, with that and holding that intention um, how do I want to approach this next task what would, what would feel best to me what would be the most pleasurable way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, taking care of yourself while getting through the to-do list. What sure. do I want to wear? What clothes feel good on my body right now? I I get asked, yeah, you know, what are you wearing to the, I don't know. <laughs> what are you wearing to this event? Or I have no idea. I don't know because I don't know. I dress depending on how I am feeling that day. Yeah. Mm, I love that. There are a couple of questions that I like to ask everyone. And the first is, when it comes to your own personal development, what are you working on learning or implementing right now? Mm. I am working on um, implementing more gratitude into my day and for the things that I have and desire to have. Uh, I am am working on dreaming bigger Mm. and loving that feeling of my dream, I, loving the feeling of my my dream is so big that it makes me uncomfortable and a little queasy, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's the perfect place to be. Yeah, I love that. Like allowing that kind of to seduce you rather than scare you. Yeah, and it, it is it you know, not the kind of fear that shuts me down, but definitely the kind that's just a little like. Like, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. And that's, that's a good place to be because that means I'm not doing things in my comfort zone. Mm, yeah, it's that nudge that you need rather than that total shutdown. Yeah. So this could be absolutely anything you'd like, whatever pops into your head. What's one thing you're obsessed with these days that's making your life better? Coconut oil. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think we have coconut oil in like every room of our house. Well, as you should. This stuff. It's. I mean, I love coconut oil. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I I love it after a shower or a bath to put it all over my body. I'm big into oil pulling, so I put a big scoop of it in my mouth and I'm like swishing it around. Uh, 
while I'm while I'm in the shower, so that it has some time to get in between the gums and teeth, and it's great for flossing afterwards. You have to do a salt water rinse after that. I didn't know that. I just learned that recently, um, and um, it's great lube. It's great in my hair. It makes my skin look and feel really good. So I'm obsessed with that. Me and too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just about to have a baby, and I found out you can use it instead of, like, the nappy cream so they get yes. a diaper rash. So, like, yeah, no putting all those crazy chemicals on your baby. Yes, and it, I did that with my daughter, and it made her skin just so gorgeous, so by all means. And then everything smells so good and coconutty. Yes, it's 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 wonderful. It really, it's it, it's great. It, it, I, I wish I knew about this a long time ago. I didn't, but it's... It's, I'm making up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so as we wrap up, how can people work with you or experience FAM and support your work? Well, I'm my, they can follow me at LiveFEM, L-I-V-E, FEM, F-E-M-M-E, uh, .com, on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I do the group classes. Um, I do workshops. I, I work with with uh, special groups, you know, if someone wants something privately um, uh, for a group and or individually. I do work with people um, during doing privates, um, uh, you know, people who want to delve a little deeper in particular areas where they're stuck. It's kind of, it's movement therapy one-on-one. And, um, and I, uh, I, you know, teacher trainings come up uh, once or twice a year, depending on what's going on, and and I'm looking forward to building and spreading this work. So I, we're new. There are 32 fem teachers, and I'm looking to grow that. That is so exciting. I hope I can get over in there and do the teacher training and bring it to the UK sometime. Well, maybe I'll have to just come to the UK. I travel. <laughs> yeah, do it. That would be awesome. I know there'd be lots of us over here who'd be really into that. Thank you so much, Bernadette. This has been so much fun. It's such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Same here. This is wonderful. You can find the show notes for this episode at sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 92. And for more of the kind of goodness you find on the show, please join us in Girl Gang HQ, our private Facebook group. Our next interview is with Nicole Antoinette, the host of Real Talk Radio, where people come together to talk about the wonderful mess a recovering self-help addict and former goal-setting coach. Nicole's mission is to help other people get to the heart of what's true without judgment and explore how we can use grit and grace to close the gap between what we say we want and what we actually do. I loved talking with her about her decision to hike more than 400 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail last year, how she successfully started a meditation practice after years of wanting to, the value of doing hard things, and what it really takes to create lasting change. Just a reminder that these episodes have been pre-recorded before my maternity leave, and that we're now on a bi-weekly publishing schedule. Until then, grab your girl gang and have a conversation that matters.